Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's uh, Vincent Vargas, obviously, with the Vinny Rock Podcast. Uh, we just want to say thank you for everyone who's been supporting us and watching us, who's subscribed to our YouTube channel where you can watch the full length of our podcast. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble with Spotify right now. We're working that out. We haven't uploaded probably the past five episodes, so that's just a pain in my ass that we're working on. Either way, just want to take this time to talk about several of my sponsors. You guys already know one of my main ones is Core Medical Group. I've been with Core Medical Group for about six years uh, they're outstanding. They work with a lot of the military and uh, veterans and special operations communities all around you, the people that you are near and dear to. Core Medical Group services them. Uh, it's one of the most important things men can do for their mental health is get their blood work checked yearly. So if you guys have any questions, hit me up about Core Medical Group. But uh, another one of my sponsors is GMR Gold and Bullion Box. GMR Gold is is a company that sells precious metals, gold and silver. Currently right now, you guys already know the trends. There's gold is through the roof right now and what, it, what, what the value is of it. Uh, I enjoy buying uh, my subscription-based model with the bullion box, monthly subscriptions coming to my house so me and the kids can enjoy opening it up and have some good times with it. I've obviously hit some before in the past. I'm gonna hit some more in the future, hide some more in the future so you guys can go enjoy doing a little bit of a treasure hunt because I enjoy doing things like that for y'all. Another one of our sponsors is Modern Gun School. It is an online, uh, from your own home, learn how to be an armor, right? This school has all the certifications you need to be an armor. You can do this at the comfort of your own home. They take the GI Bill. They take the voc vocational rehab uh, um, benefit as well. So you guys have any questions, trust me, this is a really good company. Several of my close friends have used this and have been super proud of it and super excited about it. So if you guys are interested in being armors in the comfort of your own home, please go check them out. As well as Everest.com. Everest.com is a trading post for outdoor goods. If you guys are outdoorsmen, if you guys like to camp, hunt, fish, you can find everything you need at Everest.com. Go check them out. We have several other sponsors coming on board here soon. We're really excited about them. I'll talk to you about those later on, but right now we're just super excited about the growth of the podcast and we wanna to continue to grow this podcast. So please like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go check it out on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for being a guest or for being a fan and supporter of the Vinny Rock Podcast. Take care. Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast, y'all. If you guys are listening, uh, I have a good buddy of mine. He worked with us on the Light Diffuse Retreat. We met years ago. Actually, you know, my cousin was the one who introduced us. Yeah. Yeah, Arash, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so this good is guy. Brady Pasola, correct? Yeah. Pasola, yeah. Pasola. And um, so just kind of bring you up to speed. We've been kind of working together. I've seen his social media. I've been watching what he does, the Gray Man Project. And uh, pretty interesting because I'm like, oh, this is a veteran who's kind of taking a completely different approach to what most veterans do, more of a ph philosophical uh, approach and to stoicism, which then I started looking more into stoicism because it would kind of introduce the idea. Uh, and then when we brought you to speak and be a part of the Light Diffuser Treat, uh, I saw how valuable it was for everyone to kind of see a different perspective. And for full transparency, I wanted to bring a lot of thought leaders to that retreat so they can give their piece of what they're experiencing and, and I guess like a thought leader in their 
profession or their expertise to hopefully give other people a chance to see a different perspective of how to view life, right? I think what we we have a lot of guys who are kind of trying to find their own way, right? And find their own thought process or maybe in a mindset currently that is more in the victimization of life and and putting them in kind of the Debbie Downer spirals. And so bringing guys like Matt Larson, bringing guys like you and bringing guys like Carl Monger uh, are experts in their field. And for me, I don't know if I can say this correctly, but you are kind of the expert in my world in stoicism. Um, I always had the term expert because it always implies that you know everything there is to know about a subject. So I always like to call myself a student, uh, um, a knowledgeable student and trying to find uh, my way to perfect uh, the things that I know. Because when I used to teach survival, I always had the term survival expert. Right. And always, everyone, I'm a survival expert here on Discover Channel. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, and I'm like, you know, I hate that because everyone thinks that, you know, they're an expert. It's just like, dude knowledge is ever ever learning i always like to call myself just a just an experienced student um and when it comes to stoicism you know i i wouldn't even call myself uh an expert in it just because i've only been studying for about seven eight years and really only the last couple of years have been really digging hard into it and sometimes i i do find my um find my way off the path and have to have to find my way back on the path because it's, it's one of those things it's not you just you just pick up the book you read through the book and you go okay i'm a stoic now no it's it's constant practice it's it's one of those things it's it's a design for living so when you get into stoicism you have to adopt the lifestyle you have to look at the readings and teachings of stoicism and go okay this is i'm going to adopt these words i'm going to adopt these exercises that they they talk about and the words they talk about in these books and for me there's a lot of different um, there's a lot of different people within our community, the veteran community, mm-hmm. the, the tactical community, the shooter community, and and people constantly talk about you know going through therapy and going through talking to um, you know therapists and counselors, which I would never dissuade anybody from doing, but. Stoicism for me is an enhancement on that. It it allows you to get into a different mindset, like you were saying, and this mindset is. You ever talk to somebody you say hey man i'm going to bounce something off you because inside your head you got one perspective and that's it yeah and you're trying to bounce it off another person well, that's what stoicism does it offers you a different perspective to get you out of your head and allow you to focus more on uh more on the rational side of things the logical side of things to help you kind of clear away that clouding uh the the, the judgment that's been clouding your mind mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like i call it like a little injection of logic into into this disease called emotion and i'm not saying anything's bad with emotion right like, I, I, really I like, like what you said that yeah because people are always like what's wrong with emotion absolutely nothing it's what makes us beautiful as human beings yeah but emotion could be what drives people to have specific i guess uh energy towards things that are probably not so Healthy. warranted right yeah. right people tend to these days try and use um still uh use emotions as a standard for morality if you don't feel like i do then you're a piece of crap if you don't feel like i do you're wrong and that's not right at all because we all come from these different backgrounds and religions and and ethnicities and and modalities and and jobs and we always have these different even political biases nothing wrong with emotions emotions are what make us human beings love lust anger sadness grief that's what makes life beautiful right but just like we never want to make decisions under the influence of drugs and alcohol, we should also agree that we should never make decisions under the influence of emotion. 
especially when we need to make tactical decisions in our lives. Yeah, I love that. Well, let me let me back up a little bit. Give because so those who are listening probably the first time they ever heard of stoicism, right? Because I remember the first time I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And I started digging into like how how do you define it? Who created this? What is it? Would you give us the kind of I guess the beginnings of stoicism and kind of how it came to be something that you've fallen into? It definitely falls from Socratic philosophy. Um, it's probably you know started around there's a guy named Zeno. And uh, Zeno was a Phoenician merchant who crashed, ended up somewhere in Greece, you know, swam his way to shore. Found, and the story, this is the story goes, you know, obviously over, over thousands of years of stories, either written in text and translated from different things, Greek and Roman and on and on and on. Uh, but Stoicism is about a 2,500-year-old philosophy. It's, it started uh, a bit before even Christ. But Stoicism found its height at the same time that Christianity found its height as well, which is interesting if you go back and read it. It's really interesting because even the Bible mentions uh, the Stoics. Um, really? It does. And a lot of Christianity, and I, you're going you're gonna to hear some comments from this one because I've been lit up before by Christians. <laughs> and, I, and I do consider myself a Christian, right? <laughs> right. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But when it comes to, um, you know, Zeno, the story goes, he washed up on shore. Uh, he found himself into his way into a library and he was reading, you know, he was reading um, all these different philosophies and philosophers. And he asked a librarian, where do I find one of these philosophers? And just so happens that Xenophon was walking right by and he goes, there's one right there. And he goes out and talks to Xenophon and all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, over practice and over years, uh, Zeno, um, becomes um, more of a philosopher. Now, the term stoicism, stoa, means painted porch. And there's actually the painted porch where they used to practice this still in Greece. It's kind of, it's like, think of an outdoor strip mall kind of thing. They got food, they got this area here, they got, you know, they got Saboro, they got, you know, Pen Express. Well, the, you know, the old Greek version of it, right? And so they called themselves uh, uh, Stoics because they would talk about their philosophy on the painted porch, which is called a stoa. And originally it was called Xenoism. And then they changed it over years, and then you got Chrysippus, and and uh, and I'm going to butcher some of these Greek names because fucking okay. marine. <laughs> um, but uh, and it goes down. But the three big names um, that bring it forefront that that the works have survived the most because a lot of the ancient works of 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 you know uh, uh, Chrysippus and and Cleanses and and um, and Zeno are now more fragments mentioned in other works of peoples, right? But the ones works still survive are Epictetus, Seneca the Younger, and the big one that most people tend to recognize more is uh, Marcus Aurelius. And so from the beginning of it till Marcus Aurelius, how, how far apart is that? You know, like when did he become a big part of the Stoicism movement? Well, yeah. So I think what Marcus Aurelius ruled uh, Rome from 161 to 180 AD. Um, and I think Zeno started around 390 BC, mm. I think. Or I, I, I don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Um, I'm not good with dates. Sometimes my contextual memory is a little, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but it's, and then you had a resurgence of Stoicism called the Neo-Stoicism in the 1600s, where a lot of Christians were starting to take Stoic philosophy and try and combine it together to create. I'm gonna, yeah, I want to talk about that later for sure. Oh, I've been, yeah, I've been lit up a few times. <laughs> and I've had these conversations and it's, it's been well received. I have a buddy of mine, a really good friend of mine uh, that always challenges me, you know, and which I love. I love, I love the challenge, yeah. you know, but for me... Uh, I don't 
deny deny Christ or deny God. I just I just think um, I can go better in life with 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 a stoic book in in my left hand and a Bible in my right. You know? Yeah, it's funny because right before you got here, obviously there was Doc, and Doc uh, he believes in the, obviously the um, the path of psychedelics. And I said I asked him the question like, how does that feel when you're deeping digging deep into psychedelics? Does that relate to like God, right? And yeah. so he goes, yeah, it gets complicated. It's like yeah, <laughs> this when you start yeah. digging to for enlightenment, you start yeah. to really kind of uh, blur the lines a little bit and how you perceive God. And, and, you know, I, I believe in Jesus too, as well as a Christian man, but also I, you know, I would study everything and have questions about everything. The way, the way I see it, God created all the knowledge in the universe. And if he didn't want that knowledge to be found by our little human brains capable of, of the basic reason, the basics of reason, uh, then he wouldn't have created the knowledge like that the philosophers did um, that led a lot of us to to math and science and those things that we can help ourselves with yeah in my opinion i i'll admit i was never born um, or given the gift of faith um, i've always been a, a person of doubt most of my whole life yeah um and so it was through stoicism that uh, I found my way back to God actually through reason and logic. I had to rationalize God in, in, in a certain way. And cause it's funny, you know, we always heard that term, that kind of that cop out where everyone says, well, things happen according, uh, things happen for a reason. Yeah. And in, in stoicism, they often say things happen according to reason, according to nature, according to logos. Um, and then I, I made the mistake one time of going, well, whose reason? Oh shit. <laughs> That's a damn fine question. Just that one question itself. Okay, so, you know, and for me, it was like, okay, if 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 God is 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 capable of reason, is is reason is the is the is the um, the defining um, creator of reason, and we human beings possess a capability for reason. We there uh, we then um, share a, a piece of the divine, as the Stoics say, as we're all connected. Yeah, because you know rationality and reason these things are what helps us move through life and even the stoics say that you know all those who practice reason are good those who uh reject reason are evil and so for me it, it made a lot more sense um, that someone put this innate belief in us or gave us a boundary if you will right well you know it's funny is a lot of like uh, older uh, you know philosophers always argue between priori and a priori knowledge, which is innate knowledge or knowledge given to you by God. And then old Immanuel Kant, yes, K-A-N-T, not Kant. Because <laughs> yeah. when I was in philosophy, I had to sit there and go, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, please pronounce, pronounce that one more time. Immanuel Kant kind of took it and coming together is like we have innate knowledge for us to be able to process knowledge that we've been given from God. And so for me, you know, and, and the, everyone has their way of talking about Christianity or the way they practice Christianity. Yeah. And obviously there isn't one correct way because you have all these different modalities. You have Catholicism, you have Lutherans, which is where my background comes from. All the Scandinavians and Finlanders and yeah. Norwegians and everyone that went to Northern Minnesota, a bunch of Lutherans, you know, um, then you have Episcopalian, you have Methodists, you have Baptists. So there isn't one agreement on how to go about it. So the way I see it is yes, God exists. And he is there and he created us and he gave us the ability to understand his reasoning and the knowledge that he provides us 
for us to help ourselves, like knowledge. To me, science isn't void of God. It's a creation of God. Why wouldn't God give us the ability to help ourselves, to medicate ourselves, to heal ourselves physically? Yeah. You know, leave the spiritual healing to Jesus and God. But physically, we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah. You know, we have to be able to, you know build buildings you know we need math we need we need you know, science and these things come from the ancient philosophers the yeah. the you know they always practice an ethics um logos and or ethics yeah ethos logos and physics and you know look at uh, pythagoras was a well-known philosopher but most people know him from pythagorean theorem a lot of like math comes from philosophers yeah you know and even it's funny the catholic church uses uh Platonism and the Plato's idea that the uh, that the Earth was the center of the universe, and the Catholics believed that for a long time, and then Galileo came along and they almost smoked him. You know what I mean? So, so a lot of and a lot of our history, we should pay homage to to philosophy because philosophy and and religion overlap a lot. Yeah, absolutely a lot. And I think to deny philosophy, and for me to deny the the beauty. Of, of the knowledge that God created for us to be able to to use to help ourselves. Philosophy is fascinating, man. I love it. I love it. it. It's the hardest thing for me to grasp as well as to digest, but it is when you start to hear more and learn more, same as like the Stoicism, the philosophy of Stoicism, it's like, oh man, that was kind of common sense. <laughs> you, know, you know? It is. You know, and when we talk about philosophy, everyone has this, this, this weird way of, of, you know, thinking that philosophy is a bunch of potheads in basement going... Yo, so what do you think about it like this, man? It's nothing to do with that, you know? And then, look, there is philosophy that is complicated. There's philosophy out there. You're going, like, if you ever want to have a real just interesting mind fuck one day, to read about solipsism. Solipsism is the idea that you and you alone exist and everything around you is created for you alone. So think of it like this. If you... Right now, you looking at me, I was created for this environment, for this event, for you to live, and you're the only person living. You're the only person. You're only. You're the universe. So like and everything else is created, like like a video game. Like everything. I'm saying it almost. It almost. Yeah. It almost. Yeah. You know it. It falls in line with the same the whole we're here in a simulation. Yeah. Oh my god. I was thinking about on the plane over here, and I know we'll get we'll probably get into it because I was looking in the desert. And I'm like, there's grid lines and roads in the desert, and there's no houses out there. I'm like, how are we not like? We're definitely not. We're not in base reality. I mean, we're, I think we're far away from base reality. God, but no. we're gonna get into that part of the, part of <laughs> philosophy. But before we do, uh, let me mention that you know, what is philosophy? Philosophy, the love of wisdom. Who doesn't love to be wise? Who doesn't want to be wise? Who no. wants to be stuck in ignorance? Who wants to be stuck in darkness? Who wants to be stuck in walking around a, an emotional ape, you know, yeah. that is just constantly full of anxiety? I mean, that's what we humans are. We're just a bunch of yeah. bipeds with anxiety constantly. And we're trying to figure <laughs> out, we're trying to figure out what to do with our lives. I mean, look at the reason why philosophy exists is because back in the day in Greece and Roman times, people think, oh, it's great. Not unless you were part of the equestrian class or part of the Senate or the upper class but if you were a peasant back then you're walking down the street people are throwing shit on you from the from the Jesus. above you're literally throwing you know they're defecating the streets and so people are like why do I feel like shit all the time well so that's why they come up with philosophy because they got they didn't have medication they didn't have yeah. psychology they had watered down wine and philosophy and they 
got great thinkers and people like, why am I feeling this way? And how do I better myself? And how do we become better as a human being? And how do I get past these adversities? Because yeah, and what's the meaning of life? Oh, right. Yeah. All right. My, my, my opinion on that is as the meaning of life is just simply a life of meaning. That's it. Find meaning in your life. That is the meaning. And as fathers, I think, you know, we've, we've come to look at that and go, okay. I think that gave us an easier, easier definition of easier, life. But yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, this is my, now my yeah, definition. Is, yeah. <laughs> Before then, because we all get out of the military and we're like, what the fuck do uh, I do now? What do I mean? Because in the military, you, you had something, there was either a traditional uh, meaning to something or, or a tactical meaning to something. Yeah. Everything, everything you did was according to traditions or because it was part of the mission. You get out and you're like, what's my fucking mission now? I don't fucking know, but you'll, you'll never go back because I tell you that there was, I was getting the Marine Corps, this, this captain, he said, you know, you're going to end up right back here just like everybody else does. I'm like, oh, that's a fucking great speech there, Bob. Oh, yeah, you know, I got the you. same. Yeah. And you're going to end up right back here. And I'm like, I'm the worst person to tell me that I can't do something. You know, yeah. my ADHD fucking gets me going sometimes. You tell me I can't do something like, watch me, bitch. Yeah. Watch I'm the same, me. dude. I'm the same. But I, with with philosophy, we who wasn't who doesn't want to love you know to be wise. It's not as scary as you think it is. As long as you f look at it as a way of trying to just be a better person, understand yourself. You know, where does stoicism fall into philosophy? Is it just a branch of philosophy? Well, philosophy has different modalities, right? You have Cartesian philosophy, you have Stoicism, you have cynicism, skepticism, you know, Platonism, Aristotle. Aristotleism, whatever. I, again, I'm butchering that. You know, you yes. Got, uh, Socratic, you know, um, there's all these different philosophies. Even, you know, um, Islam is, is, is a philosophy. Yeah. You know, Christianity is a philosophy. It's about being wise. Some are more oriented towards, you know, the afterlife. Some are more oriented here in the current life. You know, Buddhism and Taoism and Hinduism, all philosophy. Um, Stoicism is is a Hellenistic philosophy. You know, um, there were three philosophies that kind of came into play after you know Alexander the Great kind of went on, and there's three three Hellenistic philosophies kind of broke off, and that is um, cynicism, uh, Epicureanism, and Stoicism. And cynicism, what, yeah, I was gonna say, what are the differences? Yeah, cynicism is 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 actually quite referenced quite a bit uh, by Stoics. Actually, there's a guy named Diogenes who used to troll the shit out of Plato. Yeah, Plato. The story goes that Plato used to talk about man is simply a stripped down chicken. So Diogenes went and fucking plucked a chicken, went into the middle of the class while Plato's going, released the chicken into the classroom, and said, "Behold, Plato's man." <laughs> so that's the story where it goes. And then Diogenes also, uh, the story goes that uh, Alexander the Great saw Diogenes now. Diogenes is kind of a weird, crazy ass dude. He used to just jerk off in public and live in a wine pot. Oh, that was, shit. Well, yeah. He said, wow. what? He's like, you guys, you do it inside. I do it in public. What's the difference? You see each other do it all the time. You got to watch me. You know, so he was, he was a little weird. He's a little off the, you know, a little out there. But the way he goes, the story is that Alexander the Great had walked past and saw Diogenes and stepped over the top of him with his generals. And he said, Hey everyone, this is Diogenes and Diogenes. I love you. I think you're a great philosopher. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, you're a great philosopher. I love you to death. You can have anything you want. What it is, what, what can I grant you that you, you can have anything in life? He's like, he simply just was like, and imagine a dude just sitting there laying back with his legs crossed over, you know, 
I like to picture him with a set of sunglasses when he says that. <laughs> and he, to me, in my head, he drops down the sunglasses, which never was invented, obviously. Goes, I just wish for you to move out of the sun. That's all he wanted. He just wanted sunlight. <laughs> and and he and and the story continues to go that Alexander the Great laughed and he said, "See, the great Diogenes. If I ever die and can come back, I want to come back as Diogenes." He's like, "Yeah." I'd want to come back as Diogenes too. <laughs> You're just as cocky. But the, also the story goes with cynicism is uh, for him is, is he, it's, it's a lot about minimalism and, and constantly being able to, to question uh, yourself and, and your involvement in the environment around you. Um, and it's, it's self-analysis what it is. People think, you know, a cynic, you just doubt everything. No, it's, it's just analysis to better understand things mm-hmm. uh, and see things with a different mindset. And, and it lends a lot to stoicism. Stoicism is borrowed a lot from cynicism on that self-analysis, creating a different mindset. And, and, um, and then you got Epicureanism, which is, you know, people tend to relate to... Um, hedonism where epicureanism is more a rejection um or it said that pleasure is the highest good but people hear that and they go well they're just you know having sex and drinking all the time that's not it what epicurus was about was like pleasure the highest good without sacrificing your own morals without Mm. sacrificing yourself to achieve pleasure to enjoy pleasure sure pleasure is good but do not sacrifice your dignity do not sacrifice your virtues yeah whereas uh, stoicism is a rejection of pleasure um, and that virtue is the highest good and you achieve happiness through the pursuit of virtue which is wisdom courage justice and temperance and using those four cardinal virtues to to find what they call eudaimonia what are those four Virtues one more time. Wisdom, courage, justice, and temperance. And that will lead you to what they call eudaimonia, which is stoic happiness. And what what stoicism means with those four virtues of wisdom, which is you would see Epictetus say in his book, he's like, there are things which are within your control and things beyond your control. And it boils down to dismiss what's out of your control. You can do nothing about that. Right. There are things, your reputation, your your health. You can certainly try and influence things, but you have to release your attachment to the outcome and allow the outcome to happen as it is. And so what's within your control are simply boiled down to two things, your emotions and subsequently your actions. And that is it. And when you can control your emotions and you don't let your actions be clouded by your emotions then you have a chance to influence an outcome that is better for you in the end. How many times have people done things in the influence of emotion where yeah. it, it it got worse yeah. for them? The consequences were like worse. Like a fight at the bar. You know fight at the bar, their ego, their anger, their pride, everything got a hold and they got to fight at the bar. Now they're in jail. Now they <laughs> yeah. lost their gun rights. They Whatever it is that you've done, the outcome is just getting worse and worse and worse until you control your emotions and stop reacting to your emotions and start acting on the influence of logic. Our brain has that ability. Our brain is split. We have the limbic system and we have the cerebral cortex. Obviously, there's a lot more going on in there. I'm not a scientist. So yeah. for those watching now going, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I went to semester one time for psychology. Why'd you do that voice? I have no idea, man. I'm kidding, bro. You know, uh, well... <laughs> I can do a Minnesota accent, which is sounds more like a letter Kenny accent than anything else. But, um, but you know, 
back in the day, I, I did see a counselor once, and, and this is what got me into stoicism, was I tried to see a counselor. I had some emotional adversity, and one day I'll talk about all that, and yeah. I haven't decided not to uh, yeah. quite yet, but but I once saw a counselor, and it they just weren't listening to me. It just didn't seem like they care. And you got one chance with me. Yeah, you know? it's, it's one of those where they, a lot of them do kind of the blanket answer for everyone. Yeah. And they're like, you're not listening. Dude. And this yeah. guy, barely had, she barely even looked up at me. She had her back turned me most of the time. And oh, I was wow. yammering on. And I just, I wasn't into it. And so I, my old man always say, you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So I started studying in to figure out what was going on in my brain. Why do I feel the way I do? Started Googling, you know, bad feelings and it turned into anxiety or this or that yeah. or what it was. And then cognitive behavioral therapy and then this and, you know, understanding the brain. I started getting just, I went on an ADHD, like dopamine driven yeah. super dive down into like this whole idea of what psychology was, what physiology was of the mind, why I was feeling the way I was feeling and how my brain operates. And it wasn't until a couple years after that, then I saw this quote by Seneca that drove me into stoicism. And the quote was, we are often more frightened than hurt. We suffer more in imagination than we do reality. Mm. And I was like the most simplest quote that was like, I do, I do often like, yeah, yeah it's, you suffer more in imagination. Um, you are more often frightened than hurt frightened and actually hurt inside our own minds we are more frightened than we actually physically hurt we yeah. suffer more in our imaginations than we do in actual reality we always play the worst case scenario in our minds we always do you and already, it always turns out fine doesn't it and that's wild because i mean you've already suffered something that has not even existed yet exactly right? yeah, and, and seneca says you know it's like he who suffers in the future suffers now you know, because you're constantly worrying about the future and it strips you of the present moment. Marcus really says, um, what do you say? He's like, don't ever worry about the future because you have the tools of reason um, that help you combat today will help you combat the future. You use your tools of reason. And we've we've all forged our own tools, our own coping tools yeah. in, in, in the furnace of adversity, you know? And so when I saw that quote, when I saw that quote, I was like, yeah, I do really make a lot of shit up in my head, like a lot and all the time and half the time, none of it, none of it comes to fruition. None of it. Like, <laughs> what am I, what am I fucking worried about all the time? Right. So, so then I found that and then I started getting into philosophy. I started studying Seneca the Younger and Marcus Aurelius and I started studying um, Epictetus and I think it's. What was more important to me was not just studying the philosophy and the words, but studying the men behind the words and why they were writing these things. Why would you write these things that are so profound? What motivates you? You have to have intent. You have to have motivation to write these things. And what it was is you go through and, and read the stories of these men. They've all gone through adversity. Adversity is what sparked these writings. Yeah. So, so studying, studying Seneca with that quote, um, you know, we are uh, more often frightened than hurt. We suffer more imagination to reality. It's such a rational thing to say because it's so true. And so I started getting into, started reading about Seneca the Younger. Um, and then I found my way to Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius. And then I started looking at a lot of YouTube videos. And, and a lot of YouTube videos were really like breaking it down because you can read books, but when you, 
when you think and learn like I do, you got to have a visual. Yeah. You got to be on, you got to look at all these different, different aspects to be able to study it. Um, for me, what the books are, are a nice retreat uh, into the world of, of stoicism to, again, like I said before, inject a little bit of logic into your brain. And when I was studying about my brain, you know, I really got into understanding the limbic system. And the limbic mm-hmm. system is our primitive brain. It's what, how we react. It's, it's responsible for our emotional reaction to external stimuli. Yeah. And then I read about the, the uh, cerebral cortex, which is our rational mind, which is responsible for a higher cognitive rational thought. And then I started to kind of think to myself, it's like, well, Stoicism seems like a tool of the cerebral cortex to combat the response of the limbic system. It's there's a psychological tool there, and if if you look into the history of stoicism, that its its, it's roots or the the cognitive behavioral therapy's roots go to stoicism. Most of it, yeah, really. a lot of people will say that it comes from a lot from Marcus Aurelius, um, yeah. because it's changing your mindset, changing the way you think about things, and that's what Marcus Aurelius tries does and is, tries to do in his diary. And his diary, Meditations, isn't a book that was meant to be published. It yeah. was his diary. You're reading the words of an emperor who was probably one of the most loneliest man because all he wanted to do was just be a philosopher. And he happened to have this unfortunate um, state of yeah. having to become an, an emperor. And that's what was it that drove him to philosophy or to writing his journal? He was uh, well. He was he was studied as a kid, or he he studied a lot as a kid. He was a, he was adopted um, by his great grandfather, the Antonines, and um, you know, and they they gave him an education. They you know, he had the rhetoricians that came in. And he despised them. He didn't like them very much, and he liked the Stoics. And what's cool is if you look into meditations when you read it, when you start opening it open, you see that he references Epictetus a lot. And Epictetus was a slave. That's what the name Epictetus means, to be owned. And that's what you have in front of you. And and Epictetus had a bum leg because his owner beat the living hell out of him once and fucked his leg up pretty bad. But what I like about Epictetus is like, you have the power of your mind. Uh, It's like the sickness and lameness are a problem of the body, not of the mind. It shouldn't stop you from being irrational. Yeah. logical person so no matter what's happening in your body it shouldn't affect your mind damn so, yeah and i love that so you have an emperor who is referencing a slave and that's what i love about stoicism it doesn't <laughs> not matter who you are within that field yeah. everyone read you look at seneca the younger which i'm not I like some of his readings, his his letters. It's all about these letters that he wrote, and he wrote a couple of different things um, about his brother and or to his brother. But Seneca the Younger was an advisor to Nero, and Nero was an asshole. Nero killed his mom and then had Seneca write a letter, uh, write a speech about it. Oh, my God. I swear to God. And then Seneca got caught up a little bit. Nero uh, and some sort of plots against Nero, whether he's guilty or not, but Nero had him actually open his veins and kill himself so um wow yeah it is wild and but you know this this will drag us a little back to christian but nero's i'm uh, not nero but seneca's biological brother is gallio who was a prefect consul from 51 to 52 a.d people know him in the bible because that's when the jews brought paul before gallio to have paul um you know prosecuted for spreading christianity and gallio was like fucking give a shit so they took him outside and beat the fuck out of him. But but that is Seneca the Younger's um, biological brother. Damn. And so there is, there is a bit of crossover in Stoicism to, to Christianity. That's why I always think it's like, I don't think it's such a bad thing that one should should 
should use either to just become better. I mean, if you are stoic, you're living a life of meaning and as well as with virtue, which means that's aligned with living the life of what Christ would want. There are four virtues of, of Christianity, wisdom, courage, justice, and restraint. The Stoics use uh, temperance, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, even the term the logos, you know, things happen according to the logos. Well, what's the logos in Christianity? It's the word of God. Yeah. And Christ, uh, Stoics use the term logos according to nature, according to God. And they reference God quite a bit. Um, obviously, back then, a lot were were polytheistic, you know, Greek side or Roman side, it was either Jupiter or Zeus or whoever yeah. believed in. But for them, a lot of the Stoics there, for them, they were, they were a one God kind of guy, like that Zeus or whoever. Um, but even then they said, you know, there is a God and the God is creator of, of the universe and, and, and things happen according to nature, you know? And so it kind of flips back and forth depending on, you know, what verse you read or who you read, but they all agree that things happen according to, uh, God. So you read one quote and now it puts you down this path. It did because that one quote made me feel so different at that moment. Like Cal- just, counseling didn't sit. work, right? Counseling didn't work. Like I said, you, you want things done right, you got to do it yourself. You yeah. got to study yourself and you got to you got to research because otherwise if you just go through life ignorant of really how your brain works and that's what that's what made me want to bring it to our community as a tactical tool because everyone says the mind is the greatest weapon yet they know how to troubleshoot their rifle better than they do how to troubleshoot their own mind yeah we have no idea no one has anything right we just started learning breathing we just started learning like people are finally open to different modalities of healing and breathing and meditation because before that was foo-foo shit exactly right and so that's funny you say that and it was funny as i saw i think i saw this meme now it's like you know it used to be the nerds were all about philosophy now it's the jocks are trying get, getting into <laughs> holistic medicine and healing and, yeah. and philosophy it's like yeah, also it's the cool the thing yeah, yeah it's the cool yeah. thing are you are you double double strapping it bro <laughs> <laughs> like, like you got in your backpack, bro. <laughs> you know, it's return a bunch of nerds, you know? know. Um, but, but really, um, it took me down the path and it, it, it really brought me a different mindset, you know, and it's a continuous practice. You, you don't stop. Even, even, um, Epictetus mentions that you, you know, you don't show how far you've gone by red books. You, you live it, you adopt it. It oh, becomes wow. a way of life. You have to wake up in the morning and, and, and start your morning exercises. You know, it, um, Marcus Aurelius says, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, you're going to meet a lot of shitty people throughout the day, but they're just like you because you both possess the capability for reason mm-hmm. and the capability for evil. And he says that, you know, I've seen the, um, the beauty of good and I've seen the ugliness of evil and to, you know, to go against my brother who does the same thing is, is unnatural. We work together like two rows of teeth, you it's, know, it's so wild. Just before this, I had the podcast with doc Askins and he talked about one of his psychedelic trips and one of, one of the psychedelic trips, um, he was reliving an experience over and over again in different different forms, um, and every time. So he was he was he was the person who was dying of some kind of illness. Then he was also the person driving that guy to to go to a doctor to try and find the answer. So he's feeling both those pains, both yeah. of them empathetic kind of ideas. Right. Then when he pulls up to the doctor's office, he he sees the doctor. When he connects eyes with the doctor, he becomes the doctor, and the doctor's sitting there thinking like. 
oh shit, I have a wife who wants to leave me, this and that. And so the the whole thing to him was like, everyone's looking for that person and everyone is the person as well as also just a person. Yeah. You know, and in the same ideology as what you're saying is like, we're all just human going through shit and, you know, good and bad. We're yeah. people, you know. Human, we suffer, we all suffer from the human condition to yeah. which there is no cure. <laughs> There is no cure because like I said, we are just a bunch of apes full of anxiety walking around on two feet. You know, for me, stoicism is, is a, is, is a, um, continuous uh, treatment of the human condition. It feels like a grounding. It does. That's to me. It feels like more like a grounding that's needed to this chaotic world of chaotic thoughts of Mm -hmm. everyone getting pulled left and right. One, one year it's, it's good to eat salt. Next year it's not, you know what I mean? It's, you know, all these different information coming in, it can get very loose and wild. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a really cool um, way of grounding yourself and saying, okay, I'm human. People suck sometimes and people are good sometimes, you know, and I should just worry about how I, I face life. you know, like you said, you know, people suck, but also we have to turn that inward as well and look at ourselves. Yeah, but go, so do I. Yeah, I suck too. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Marcus Aurelius talks about quite a bit. He's like, I'm an imperfect person. I, I, I suck too, and I can be better, you know, but he also says that humans are our proper occupation. Either teach them, um, you know, or uh, either teach them or just, you know, uh, love them for who they are. Yeah. And it's hard it's hard to really accept people for who they are because we see evil, but they, but the other side of that is we can look at them and say, well, they still possess a capability for reason. That's what makes them, you know, has a potential to be good. Every single one of us has a potential for reason to be good people, to practice yeah. the four virtues. Um, and when we see that, we can see the faults in ourselves and we see, well, I possess a capability for evil as well, but I'm choosing reason because I want to be good and that's like an extremely trained shooter yeah an extremely chain trained hand-to-hand combat fighter they have the ability to take life mm-hmm. you know a sniper ability to right now if you're trained you can shoot anyone you want but you choose not to right, right. you choose to use it in a way that is hopefully justified and and with virtue right and isn't that what Jordan Peterson is like a, da- a dangerous man is a, a good, a, a peaceful man is not a good man. A good man is a man capable of violence that has it under control. And I love that. Yeah. I think it's, it's so right is I have the ability to do harm. I choose not to until the moment I need to. It's and, reserved it, to yeah. towards the, the evils of, of that right. experience. Cause we're too busy trying to find peace for ourselves. We don't want to be out there anymore. I mean, we wore a uniform once and we were looking to cause hate and discontent. Send us in, the, send, send us in coach. Yeah, you know? the young yeah. version of me was yeah, like, yeah. fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Now as we're, we're fathers and husbands and, and, and men trying to make an impact on our community, like you're making an impact on your community and me trying to make an impact on, on, on mine. Or I, I think we share quite a bit of the same community yeah. and if not all of it. And we're just trying to we're not trying to teach people because we figured it out. What we're trying to teach people is what we figured out so far. Yes. That's so fucking cool. You said that because I always feel like, like I don't have all the answers, bro. I'm still learning, but what I have learned so far, let me help you. Right. It's, 
it's an infinite path and we see people behind us that are struggling on their path and so it's one of those things where you see someone and you just want to grab them by the pack it's like all right i'm a little further than you come up here this is how i want you to you catch up to me yeah. and we want people to catch up to us what, what i've noticed is that everyone has everyone's on a different part or a different phase of their transition mm-hmm. or their path to enlightenment or growth right. right and so you'll see guys and be like oh he's there he's at that stage where they're drinking still and they're angry and then, yeah. you know what I mean? and then you'll see further down you're like oh he's at that stage okay yeah. cool and then i see others I'm like oh i want to get to that stage right like that's where i want to get to right i'm in this phase here where i want to get to here but i now i see people and i'm like oh i know where he's at I know where he's at. And I, I'll reach out to guys. Be like, hey, dude, um, you want to join us? Or, hey, do you need any help? You know, and they either choose or they don't, right? And it's yeah. that, you know, some people are ready or they won't be. And I wasn't ready at times. There was there was guys who reached to me and said, hey, dude, you should probably stop drinking. I'm like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> right? yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. I don't trust a man that doesn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was at that phase at one yeah. point, you know? And so, man, it's crazy. We're all at different phases. I see these books here. Tell me about them. These are the books that I um, carry around with me. It adds a little bit more weight in my pack, but it lightens the weight up here a little bit. And the reason I said this, I've been reading a guy named Musonius Rufus, who I call the prepper or farmer um, stoic. He was Epictetus' teacher. You can show it to that camera right there if you want to the front of it. Musonius Rufus. This is The Art of Living. It's a translation by Sharon Lobel. It's what you have in front of yes, you. Yes, I have it. Epictetus, um, his book actually is he's, it's called Discourses, which is just a big, long lecture recorded by someone else. It wasn't never written by him. It was recorded by someone else. And then there was an abridged version called the Enchiridion, which literally means abridged. <laughs> it means a handbook. It actually yeah. it means handbook. Um, and Admiral James B. Stockdale um, actually wrote a book about how he used Epictetus when he uh, was shot down over Vietnam and spent seven years in Hanoi Hilton. So Admiral Stockdale um, used Epictetus. He said, when I, when I ejected, I left the world as I know it and entered the world of Epictetus. What was that book? There was a book that was... That... Yeah, he wrote a book, and I forget. It's a long title. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it to you. Uh, it's on my phone, but I'll... Give I it might have listen. it. Yeah. I might have yeah. it. And he's got it. And he taught about Epictetus and how he used it. He was... For, for those wondering, uh, you know, a little further up the road, he more, might be more famous knowing as, as Ross Perot's running partner for president. Yeah. And that's what... That's when he just... His reputation just kind of went to shit, you know, yeah. unfortunately, but he passed away. But man, when you read that book and how he used Epictetus uh, to survive and embrace adversity as it is and accepted things you know Epictetus said don't wish for things to happen as you want wish for things to happen as they do and you will find peace uh, so this is Sharon LaBelle's version which is kind of like more just a broken down Marine Corps Barney version yeah of, digestible of version digestible version um, and there's some great ones in here and you can see they're 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 beat up um, like here wisdom is revealed through action not talk he says, don't declare yourself to be a wise person or discuss your spiritual aspirations with people who won't appreciate them. Show your character and your commitment to personal ability through your actions. 
Nice. Yeah. Acting on verbal. It's so simple, you know but it's I mean? so yeah. it's so like it's oh so yeah. Simple. You're like yeah, no shit. Um, and there's ones in here. Where it's like don't don't defend yourself when people disparage you. It debases your character. He says one of my favorite things when people talk. You know, people talk about us. People have talked about you. People have talked about me. I've had bad things said about me. Whatever it is, it's fine. That's right for them to do because that they did so from their own perception. That's okay. That doesn't make them, that doesn't make me wrong. It doesn't make them right. It doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make me right. But what happened to you is say, said, when someone says that another person has spoken ill about you, rather than make excuses for what is said, reply, they must be ignorant of my other faults. Otherwise, they would not have mentioned these ones alone. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a smart ass. You know? Yeah, I like that. So this is Art of Living uh, by Sharon LaBelle uh, that uses uh, Epictetus' words. And then my favorite right here, and you can see this is beat up. The cover is starting to fall off because I carry this one with me everywhere I go because there's not a time where I can't open a book and you can see the markings inside of it that I have here. And there's great ones that, uh, you know, relate to, to veterans, to, to anyone else. It's just a great, great book to have. And this is one of the best tools um, that I've ever carried with me. And that's what I've, I've, I've got for you today is just... You know, I appreciate um, that. So meditations, but as you see, the cover is falling off of it, right? So I have to get it replaced. So I bought another version. It's a hardback. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to throw this away. This stays at home now. But what I like about it is now I get to reread through it, nice, and re go through and re highlight the ones I want to. So I get to go back and refresh myself, like I do every day. Here I get to go back and refresh and rewrite and recircle. Plus, it's a hardback, so it'll last a little bit longer yeah. than my backpack everywhere I go. And then lastly, you have Letters from a Stoic by Seneca the Younger. And these are letters that he's written to his uh, to a good friend of his and then back and forth and um, talking just about, you know, what does he say? You know, it's, it's just, there's so much, you know, on friendship, on death, on love, on marriage, on losing a child, you yeah. know, um, and some of it is cold, very caustic. And it's like, damn, that's brutal. <laughs> you know, like, damn. But you always like, yeah, we need to be brutal. And then one last book I didn't. I gave it to a buddy of mine and, and he's still reading it. Thank God. And he, he loves reading it. So I'm not going to take it back from him, but was, um, man's search for meaning by Victor Frankel. Let's say that one more time. Man's search for meaning by Victor Frankel. Now, right. Victor Frankel was a neuropsychologist that suffered through the Holocaust at Auschwitz. Oh, shit. And one of my favorite things that brings me back to our topic on, uh, the brain and the physiology of the brain and the use of stoicism. One of my favorite quotes, he said, between stimulus and response, there's space. In that space, you have the power to choose your response. Mm. And there lies your growth and your freedom. Now, mm. that space to choose your response, right? So if we look at our limbic system, and this is where everyone's going to be like, <clears throat> <laughs> you know, on the drive home. So don't listen to this on the drive home because you will fall asleep. But no, limbic system, cerebral cortex. The limbic system has two routes that information takes yes. from stimulus to response. Yes. There's the thalamus, and then information, the short route goes right to the amygdala, which is responsible for your training and your trauma. It's responsible for your reaction to external stimuli. So, for instance, i give an example. Like someone comes up behind you and jolts you, scares you, boom, yeah. right? You turn around, you go, bah, get into judo stance, right? That's yeah. the short route. It's from thalamus to amygdala. You're ready for to pop a fit, pop someone, right? Then that information goes through your sensory cortex, sight, hearing, uh, taste, touch not smell though 
smells connected to your amygdala. That's why like when you smell something, it brings back a memory. Yes. Like a cologne or leather or your old deuce gear or whatever it yeah. was. You're like, oh, or alcohol. You're like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're like, I'm not drinking that anymore. Right. It's attached to your amygdala. That's what brings up most memories. It's smell. That's why we're always uh, olfactory driven. But then the information goes to your hippocampus, which is responsible for contextual memory. Names dates, faces, things like that. And it's right at that hippocampus where you recognize your buddy that came up behind you. Yeah. And then it goes to the amygdala and you're making that decision. I'm like, am I going to, I could get away with it so bad, but I'm not going to. Right. So back to what Frank Frankel says that, yeah, that's, that's between stimulus response and their space. So that space is that long route that information takes. And that space isn't just thousands of a second. Now that information travels thousands of a second or, or whatever the scientific name for something quicker than that, a nanosecond, yeah. whatever it is. But it's not just a thousand second. It can be, your response can be a second later, a minute later, an hour later, a day later, a week later, hour, uh, a fucking month, year, years down the road. You're giving yourself space to react and there lies your growth and your freedom. So you don't have to react all the time because we can't control emotions flooding us, but we can control, we can control how we react to those emotions mm -hmm. by using that space. We can stop right there and say, oh, this guy said a word to me. What's well, noise coming from their fucking mouth? Yeah. Right, this is noise. That's what is, what is noise? I have the, I have the, the, the choice to accept that noise is disrespect. And if I've choose it as disrespect and indeed I've been disrespected yeah. and I can, I can reject that and I can respond to that logically and go, yeah, that makes me angry. I want to hit the guy for saying this. Oh, you said something about my wife or my daughter. Okay. And how does that harm them? Yeah. It just harms my ego and my pride. My ego and my pride want to pop you in the face, but what's going to happen? This ain't the 50s anymore. People that do lawsuits nowadays. Yeah. And now you're just going to get more angry. Well, and not more even worse. that. These days, you know, there's kids that are getting stomped to death. There's, yeah. You see these guys slam. All they want to do yeah. is pick each other, slam them on the sidewalk. Like, yeah. dude, you're going to go to jail for man. Yeah. Stop slamming each other on the sidewalk. I tell, I tell my, it's my, my fear goes not to me anymore because I'm older and I think I'm more wise and I'm smarter. There's, there's times I wanted to fucking fight someone because that's just what I was raised to do. And then I don't. And I probably drive home the whole time thinking I should have. I should have. I should have. You know? Yeah, that's but your like, ego. That's yeah, your exactly. teacher. Yeah. I'm mad. Yeah, I want to yeah, fight yeah. you. I'm yeah. right. I was a ranger, goddammit. I want to fuck you up. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, same thing with the marine in me. It's yeah. like no marine fucking chesty be rolling his fucking grade right now. Right, if he right. saw, I just, I just rolled over like that. And then you know, I go home to my wife and my daughter and go, "Yeah, I'm glad I didn't." Ten out of ten, I'd rather be here than sitting in a holding cell right dude. now. I know. And then the other time, it's like my son's at school and you know, kids are fighting sometimes. You know, he goes to a public school down the street and he's like, "It's crazy, dad. They're fighting." I was like, "Well, be smart enough not to. Like, don't you don't need to. There's no reason really to unless you have to. Unless you unless you have to. On you. Yeah, unless you have to." And then you don't yeah. just win that fight. Yeah. You win every single. What was the Ender's game where he <laughs> fucking beat the shit out of the kid? He yeah. goes, "Why'd you beat him continuously?" And everyone's like, "Cause I wasn't just winning that fight. I was winning every fight after I that." I tell him, I tell him it's a psychological thing, dude. Oh, it is. Everybody watches like, "Oh, he's not afraid to fight." You know, yeah. that's what wrestling is. You know, yeah. he wrestles, and I tell him all the time, and wrestling is just as old as any of these. You know, yeah. but wrestling is a psychological advantage the fact that you got into the mat is a win but if you go in there and you know you you put a move on someone psychologically that kid's gonna be like i think i i think i need to quit yeah i don't want <laughs> i think i need I, a fold i didn't sign up for that <laughs> i didn't want that smoke bro and it's funny a lot of the stoics uh we're we're boxers yeah. wrestlers and, and yeah that's what i was like saying that. it goes yeah, yeah. as old as yeah. old as he is but yeah and and when we we start to get a hold of that space and we start practicing more of of using that space before we react we're going to build that habit 
Yeah. And that's going to become second nature to us. That's going to, that's going to go into the amygdala and that space is going to be that amygdala going, I don't need to react to that quite yet. Yeah, we don't, we don't have enough of that as, as men. I think, I think we, we feel that we need to react, right? The manly and masculine thing is to react. Mm-hmm. But I think the there's a time and a place for that. Right. But I think it's gotten, it's, it gets a little loose for guys. It's one who, if you're drinking and two, if you're just kind of too much cheesemo, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and that's, that's where those four virtues come in. So I want to break down the four virtues. Please, please. So you have wisdom and that is knowing what's within your control and what's out of your control. Yeah. Focusing on what's in your control, your actions and your emotions. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Then you have courage, action in the face of adversity. That's all it is. That's yeah. stoic courage is action in the face of adversity. Okay, this is made me feel good and I'm a little fearful, but I'm still going to commit to what I decided to do because this is action in the face of adversity. If I get on the side of this adversity right here, it'll be nice to be smooth sailing for a little while. Yeah. You know, right? So that is, that, is, that is action in the face of adversity. Justice. Now, this is one that we as men, this masculine men that we yeah. want to fight. Treating other people with respect, kindness and dignity despite how they treat you despite the disrespect they throw at you despite how they yell at you scream at you you still treat them with kindness dignity respect not for them yeah for you because it brings you peace Mm. because the moment that you escalate that situation you may end up getting in trouble you may end up getting your ass handed by someone that you don't know is better than you or someone decides to pull a gun on you or you or you've also lowered yourself to their level exactly and another side of that too it's not just treating other people with kindness dignity respect it's treating yourself with kindness dignity respect a lot of people don't realize it's okay to be kind to yourself you don't have to be so fucking hard on yourself all the time and you know i didn't meet that standard today okay great you know what? What did you do today? I always tell every every man or woman I meet, I talk to, they're having a bad day. Strive to go to bed a better person than when you woke up. And that could be a thousand things. It doesn't have to be because, oh, I gave a homeless guy a fucking sandwich and filmed it myself recording it on Instagram <laughs> or whatever it is. What it is is that every little bit that you do to better yourself makes you go to bed a better person. It's not about how much massive improvements, consistency. And it's saying, I did an extra push-up today. Yeah. I did 10 yesterday. I did 11 today. I bettered myself. And so therefore I should feel good about it. I should enjoy that moment. I should say I'm good. Not I didn't do 12 and now I feel like shit. No, yeah. I did 11 today. I did 10 yesterday. I did nine the day before. Okay. I go to bed a better person. So treating other people with kindness, dignity, and respect, regardless, that's, the, that's seeking virtue. That's seeking happiness through virtue. That is going, I could have been an asshole, but I chose not to. And I feel better for not being an asshole. Yeah, it stimulates a dopamine response, a serotonin response, and then treating yourself with kindness, not being so fucking hard on yourself. And I'm talking to the veterans here, you know, they're watching this. Stop being so fucking hard on yourself. There's yeah. a lot of things in your past that you can't control. You have to accept that, but love the things that happened in your past because the things that happened in your past, like for instance, my daughter, beautiful creature I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm a, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> she's is my whole world and everything that has happened in the past has had to happen the way it's happened how it happened the time it happened the events that happened all had to happen for my daughter to come in this world to be there so if i love my daughter i have to love every single fucking thing that i despise about myself in the past about the past about the history everything that bad had happened bad or good i have to love 
because I love my daughter. If I regret anything in my past, that means I regret my daughter. And fuck that. I love my daughter, right? Yeah. So we have to just, give ourselves that. a little bit of reprieve and say, look, I was just talking to a doc one time, a corpsman. He had survivor's guilt. He couldn't save a few people. I was like, look, that's the way things happened. You can't change that. And you hating yourself for it doesn't change the past. It just robs you of the present. You want to fucking do something for the people that you couldn't save? You fucking live good now. You yes. fucking stop beating yourself up and you start fucking living now because you picked up where they left off. So now it's your job. If you really want to honor them and you want to make amends because you couldn't save them, start living the fucking life that they would want to live, that they would want you to live. They would say, be fucking happy. It's okay. I volunteer. Okay, I died. And you couldn't save me. It was my time. Yeah. It's fucking God's time right there. You know, it's your time to go. It's your time to go. Ain't no one going to fucking stop. Nothing's going to happen, right? When it's your time to go, you're going to go. Ain't going to stop. So live the life that they would want you to live. Ask yourself, well, how would John Swami live? Or how would, you know, whoever it is that passed away or yeah. died in combat or whoever it is that I couldn't cover enough in time, how would they want me to live and live that life? That's how you live. So when it comes to justice, be kind to yourself. It's okay. You know, yeah. move forward. And lastly, temperance. Temperance is one of those things. It's moderation in all things. Moderation, restraint, moderation in alcohol, moderation in food, moderation in how you treat others, moderation in how you treat yourself, moderation in your politics, your philosophies, your beliefs. Don't be so caught up in one extreme or the other that you lose sight of rationality and logic. Unfortunately, we take into politics. Either you're all one side or you're all right, the other. Right. I've been called a fence sitter. You know, it's, you know what? Fuck, I'd rather sit on a fence with a fucking post up my ass than sit here and be ignorant of one side or the other. I want to see things from all sides because the terms I that value people, rationality. The people, terms that people create. Oh yeah, my God. So people have asked me, are you Republican or Democrat? I said, I'm a radical centrist. <laughs> because I love sitting in the middle. Yeah. Being radical doesn't mean I'm going to commit violence. What I mean is I am, I'm fiercely independent. I'm fiercely yeah. central. Because if I take Stoic philosophy, if I want to find virtue, if I want to find happiness through virtue, I want to use reason and logic and moderation helps achieve that reason and logic rather yeah. than emotion one side thinks with way too much emotion one side thinks with too much religion and one side standard of morality is emotion one side standard of morality is for religion but you have all these different religions who have different morality different virtues and yeah. ethics and moralities so you have to go okay this is great this is great this is fucking batshit crazy. This is batshit crazy. Where do I find reason and logic in the middle? And that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's where I always want to be because I want to be my own man. I want to take these ideas, beautiful ideas both sides have. And I want to take away some of the batshit crazy ideas both sides has and goes, what makes me a cosmopolitan? Cosmopolitan is, is no matter where you are in the universe, you're home. You're a citizen of the, of the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should all kind of look at each other as goes, I'm a cosmopolitan because I find that my common man, I want to live for the good of the common man, right? And yeah. we look at these things like hive minds, these hive minds. You know, I often talk about, uh, you know, social independence, being able to draw yourself away from from society. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're antisocial. Yeah. It doesn't mean you hate people. In fact, to try and be socially independent means that you have a love of your fellow man because what you're doing is you're taking yourself away from the hive mind and you're going, 
I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be in this society. I don't want to be in this area where they think this way. I don't have to think this way. And what happens, you know, you're experiencing now. What happens when you step away from the hive mind of what everyone thinks you should think? You become exiled. Yeah. You get you attacked. Exiled. You get attacked. Yeah. Because how dare you? How dare you step away from everything that we believe? And when you step away from that, you are a threat. Yeah. You become persona non grata. The Stoics. Every time they pissed a fucking Roman emperor off, guess what happened to them? They all they got, got fucking exiled. They all got exiled. <laughs> exiled. They all got exiled. Musonius Rufus said, "So you got exiled. So you got exiled. You got you got exiled from from your from your town. Well, what is exile today? Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Absolutely. Yeah, that's social exile. And a lot of people fear the social exile. A lot of people fear cancel culture because they fear this. This fear goes back." to our days as as tribal members mm-hmm. right back before you know before philosophy when we were hanging out in tribes and and cutting spears and throwing them at mastodons and shit like that <laughs> right what happens if you're exiled from that tribe you die your death yeah we still carry that fear with us because we want we're social creatures we've always yeah. been social creatures if we're not part of the tribe we're dead the hard part about cancel culture now though they destroy you financially which you might as well be dead you lose your career you lose your finances you lose you know you lose uh you know people lose full careers and and that's the craziest thing like i don't care too much because i feel like i've solidified myself in a space where financially i can always maintain but it's crazy how they attack people and destroy their lives that is the true test of adversity is when you lose something that you're passionate about when you lose your job because to you know what did Dave Chappelle say he said you know you know taking away a man's job is akin to killing him yeah but if we look at that adversity through the stoic lens mm-hmm. and say okay so I lost my job the people that I worked for buckled under the pressure of 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 a group of bullies yeah right because today cancel culture is basically if you don't think like I do yeah then you are wrong. And when it comes to that, you look at that and go, yeah, it sucks. Okay. You know, I can't make really money right now. I'm not making the money I was. Yeah. And we fear that we fear not being able to make money, but there's always something out there that you'll find. Yeah. And sometimes you look at that situation and go, okay, what's this gift of adversity that I've experienced? I've lost my job or I, you know, beyond cancel culture, we look at, you know, um, losing a car or losing this or losing that or or something happening you know mm-hmm. it's it's adversity whatever adversity you go to is a gift and when you unwrap that gift that gift becomes mental resilience it becomes character development and so everything hurts right off the bat no matter what we don't like adversity because our perception of it yeah I still always talk about mind your perception you know whether it's bad or good has nothing to, an event happens whether it's bad or good is your perception of it, mm. right? So, so you do lose your job. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Of course, the implications are, oh, I lose my money, you know, and I'm not going to be able to, what am I going to do now? I'm not going to yeah. feed my family, right? We freak out because our emotions are getting a hold of us. We tend to forget that well, we've made this far in life and this is just one career, one job that exists. 
right? Yeah. All right, maybe someone might not hire me later down the road because of this incident, but there's someone else there that might go like, fuck yeah, I'll hire you. Fuck those douchebags, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I fucking, yeah, I like that shit. Yeah, and I'm going to pay you more too, and you're going to like this job. There's always opportunity out there. You just have to mind your perception, mind your emotions about it, and yeah. stop shitting your pants, you know? People yeah. are going to say what they're going to say about you, and there's nothing that you can do about it. There's yeah. nothing, you know what, and, and they can say what they want. Fine, but when you let them control your emotions, they now control your actions. The human emotion is, is a colorful palette for a picture, uh, for you to paint a picture with. And when you let people control your emotions, they have control of your paintbrush and they paint a picture of you that you may not like. So yeah. you have to maintain control of your emotions and then you're able to control your actions. I mean, look at the people that double down on cancel culture now. They say, fuck it. You know what? Doubling down. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. And they tend to just, okay, well, move on. You you don't scare that easily. And they yeah. move on. Well, when you gain control of your emotions and understand, hey, things are going to work out. You know, yeah. things are always going to work out. They're going to work out because you have the coping mechanisms and the tools that you forged in the, in the furnace of adversity that you're going to continue on. Yeah. That's going to be okay. You just got to remember that. Love it, dude. Love it. We were at an hour and eight, man. Dude, that's a, that was fast. That was fast, yeah. <laughs> dude, in that camera, do you want to tell people where they can get a hold of you? they have any questions with stoicism or just anything when it comes to the Gray Man Project or everything else you do? Yeah. Anybody that wants to find me, you can find me uh, just on Instagram. Grayman.project. Gray, like the American way. G-R-A-Y-M-A-N dot project. Um, and then for any of those that just want to talk, reach out. You know, I'm just a jackass with a stupid following that got lucky. So I'm not one of those guys that I'm not, I'm, I'm not unreachable. I do check, you know, if, you know, I don't like drama too much. I try and stay away from it. So don't yeah. bring some drama to my fucking table. But if you have a legit tra <laughs> like problem or, you know, dealing with something or have a question or just kind of going through some shit, you need someone to talk to. I'm, I'm always happy to help. I'm always happy to give you a, you know, an intro to stoicism or give you a different thought. Maybe peel open the books together and, and we'll find something, find an answer in there. Absolutely. Yeah, there thank you. For my sponsors, hey, don't forget, uh, Core Medical Group is hormone res uh, hormone replacement therapy. You guys, if you're curious, I can get you a number. You guys can get your blood work done. Uh, we got GMR Gold, which has bullion boxes, subscription-based model for gold and precious metals, uh, as well as we have Modern Gun School. Modern Gun School is a at-home armor uh, certification you can take. You can use your GI Bill. You can use your Voke Rehab. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you're not doing nothing with it, why not learn how to build and fix guns at the comfort of your own home? As well as we have Everest.com. It is a outdoors trading post. You guys can find anything you need for the outdoor environments and world. Uh, you guys go check them out at Everest.com. Thank you so much. Don't forget my book. Don't forget to follow my guest as well as thank you for supporting us. Go like and subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're uh, definitely trying to build that up. So thank you for following. Thank you for listening and I love you. Later. <laughs>